If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good evening to all of my fellow Yankee fans and welcome to episode 26 of the Yapping Yankees podcast where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, December 22nd, 2019. Now, let's just get right into things. Of course, if you don't follow me on my social medias, you may be saying, uh, episode 26 was supposed to be last week, Mike, the 15th. Well... A lot happened this last week, which prevented me from recording and releasing this last Sunday. But before we get started, I just have a couple of things I want to say about what has happened and play some catch-up, as the episode name says, and also catch up with Yankees news from the last two weeks. But a lot happened starting with last Sunday that just resulted in me not even being able to be in the mindset to record a podcast, and, and most of you know all the reasons why, because I, I addressed it on Twitter and Instagram that I wasn't going to be recording last week because I just didn't have it in me. Uh, last Sunday, we received news that a good friend of my brother's, a very close friend, at the age of 15, tragically passed away. He had a seizure, and I believe there was a mild heart attack as well. But I don't know full details, so I don't want to go beyond that. That's that's I know that that's how it started out, evidently, but I'm not 100% sure of the details after that. I just want to leave whatever else there is out of it, out of respect for my brother's friend's family. They're going through the toughest time that any family could imagine going through. The kid's name was Daniel Ruffini, and I want to give him a shout-out, the ultimate shout-out on this podcast, and a blessing as well. Dan was a really good kid. He didn't deserve to go at all. I I believe nobody that age, almost nobody that age, deserves to go. He was great. And I can't believe what happened. Nobody can believe what happened. Our family and our town, much of our town, came out in support of the Ruffini family in these, I guess it's safe to say, impossible times. Because you have to imagine it's nothing short of impossible to deal with this sort of a tragedy. But it's it's terrible. It's nothing short of terrible. He was buried yesterday, officially. And I was we were all just beside ourselves that that he's gone. He's a great kid, fifteen years old, and he's no longer with us for reasons that can't logically be explained by anybody. It's one of those inexplainable things and we received this news early Sunday early last Sunday the 15th and that's the day that I was planning to record this episode episode 26 today was supposed to be episode 27 but I had to put it off because I mean this news would have been enough to put it off and even more stuff happened but regardless of the other stuff this news was just horrible to receive and it's it's just hard to believe. I mean, you, you might be wondering, man, Mike is taking more pauses than he usually does, but I'm I just try to find the words to still address this a week later. And after attending this poor kid's funeral yesterday, there are no words. That's why I'm struggling so much right now. Uh, this is really, you know, this is raw material you're getting right now on this podcast. Um, and I don't want to say it for too much longer because we try to keep the mood up here, but this is part of life. And even if it is a Yankees podcast, this is part of my life. This is my show. And, you know, if something big happens in my life, I may feel the need to address it on here. And this this is a big deal and it has to do with this podcast because it's mostly why this show got delayed with another episode from last week. And this show has been really, really consistent. I mean, since this show started around the end of May or maybe the beginning of June. I don't remember exactly when it started, but it was shortly after I graduated college in May. I know that. It was definitely either at the end of May or the beginning of June. 
other than last Sunday, only one week has been missed. This podcast has been very, very damn consistent every Sunday coming out with a new episode. It has been damn consistent. But last Sunday, I just couldn't do it. It was too heavy of a day between this news. I, I, I didn't even know what to think. It, it's terrible. It's a terrible tragedy. And before I move on from it, I do want to give Dan my blessing wherever he is right now. I hope he's in a better place. I, I wish the best for his family. I, I can't imagine the pain that they're going through. I, I just can't. But I wish the best for them, and I hope they find peace at some point. I just hope they do. They're great people. I mean, I met many of them for the first time at the at one of the wake services and at the funeral, but regardless of whether you're good or bad, this is a tragedy that few understand. Very few understand. And I, I wish them the absolute best. I do. I wish Dan the best, wherever he may be. I wish the family the best, and I've had to be there for my brother a lot, and I'm glad to this last week because a couple of years ago, my brother also had to lose another friend to cancer, so my brother's had to experience a lot of loss these last couple of years with, you know, two of, cl of his close friends. So it's just a terrible time, terrible time. And I just wanted to wish them the best of luck, and I hope they find peace in these very difficult times, especially with the ill timing of the holidays just around the corner. But it's just terrible. Also on Sunday, something personally happened to me. I don't want to say what it is because it's not on public record and I wanted to stay that way, but just know that I am okay and, you know, nothing came of it, but it did happen. And at, at the time that it happened, it was rattling and it was really, it was frustrating to deal with, but it's over and done with. But that day, last Sunday, it happened that same day on the 15th. And also on the 15th, later in the day, I swear, the 15th last Sunday felt just like a, a nightmare that you couldn't wake up from. One of those days. But someone that means a lot to me, I'm not going to say who out of respect, got pretty bad news. And, you know, it's it's still a concern now, but we're confident things will be okay, but it's, it's still a concern. I don't want to say who it is or who it involves. Out of respect, I just want to keep it private, but... Just a lot of things happen all at once on the 15th, and maybe two of those things that happen, will they're going to linger for a while, and the one thing that personally happened to me is over and done with, but just just know that the 15th was a terrible, terrible day, as if hearing about what happened with my brother's friend at 15 years of age wasn't enough to convince you, but it was just a bad day. I was in no mindset to record this show last Sunday, so only for the second time in about seven, almost eight months, I had to just put the podcast on the back burner for a week and just concentrate on myself and life and just take a step back for a little bit. If you follow me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, you were aware of this, that I didn't do the show last week, and I told some of you close to me as to why, or I just left it pretty vague like I am now with a couple of the things like I am now in this podcast episode. But I do, just before I move on, also want to thank everybody on social media. The overwhelming amount of support, because most people knew that I was going through a very tough time, not only last Sunday, but throughout this entire week. And I'm, I'm still not 100%, but I'm, I'm coming on here and, and doing this show for you, because I love to do it. But last week, I was in no shape to do it, and so many of you reached out and offered for me to talk offered to comfort me in my time of need and pain or my family's time of need or pain or, or my brother's friend's family's time of need or pain and I just want you to know how appreciative I am of it. None of it went by unrealized or underappreciated. Words can't describe how grateful I am to each and every one of you that reached out to me whether it was on Sunday or someday throughout this last week that you reached out. I'm more appreciative of it than I can even put into words. Obviously, we all know social media could be a bad and toxic thing, but it could also be very uniting and positive. And for the sake of this week, it was very uniting and positive in my experience for this last week. And I, and I couldn't say how much I appreciate each and every one of you individually that reached out. And I just love you guys, whether you be on Twitter or Instagram. I don't care which platform. If you reached out, just know how much I appreciate it. And you helped me in some way, shape, or form 
find something inside of me to power through this week. So thank you. And just keep us and especially keep my brother's friends, family in your thoughts and prayers, please. Because God knows that they could use them. So that's really just all I wanted to say about why a show wasn't done last week. And I just wanted to put it all out there. And now that, now that it's all out there, I know I spent quite a bit of time here, about 10 minutes talking about it, but I just wanted to get it out there before we get the episode going and bring the mood up. But that is what happened, so that all of you know what the deal is, and now we could just move on. But just keep all that in mind, and keep my brother's friends, family, as well as ours, who, you know, we're going through a difficult time with that loss as well, because it, bro- it was a close friend of my brother's. Just keep everybody in your thoughts and prayers, if you wouldn't mind, please. Just thank you. So with that being said, part of bringing the mood back up, let's get things started on Yapping Yankees, as we always do, and you know what that means. Giving Team Left Jab their shout-out. The Team Left Jab United Radio Network, they feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And before we get into the episode, I'll just say how this episode's going to go. Since I didn't record last week, things are going to go differently here for episode 26. There was no poll today because I did do a poll last week. And I'm going to use it for this week since, of course, I never got to record last week's episode. Last week was supposed to be episode 26, and this week was supposed to be episode 27. So because, of course, episode 26's poll that was supposed to be last week never got addressed on this show, I'm basically just moving everything up as far as the poll. So last week's poll is going to be used for this week. I'm only going to do Twitter, though, because the poll from last week on Instagram, of course... If you interact with the poll on Instagram, you'll know that I put the poll in my Instagram story, and those disappear after 24 hours. And of course, last week, last Sunday, when I did the poll on Instagram as well, on my Instagram story, last week is well over 24 hours ago, so that is gone. So the replies to that, probably have to go way deep into my messages to find them, and the poll results themselves cannot be seen because the story expired. So for this week's poll, it's last week's poll, what was intended to be last week's poll, and I'm just going to read the results and replies on Twitter, so the poll segment's probably going to be a little bit shorter than usual, but I'm just moving everything up out of respect for last week not being able to be recorded, but that's basically the deal for this week, just so you know. So we are going to go over to last week's poll and read the results of it and the replies And then we'll go from there and talk about the last two weeks of Yankees news as much as we can because the last two weeks have been filled with a lot of stuff and mainly a big signing that I never got to address on this podcast. I was originally going to throw a big party on it on last week's episode, on episode 26, which was supposed to be again last week, but never got to do it since it didn't record. So this will be the first time we're hearing of it on Yapping Yankees, and I'm pretty sure you already know what it is, as I say, a huge signing. But we will get to it, I promise. We will get to it. But first, let's start with the poll segment. So, the poll that was intended for last Sunday, when episode 26 was meant to be last Sunday, here was the poll question. Uh, Again, we're only doing this on Twitter. And here was the question for last week. Now that Garrett Cole is a Yankee, which do you feel is the most important aspect of the team to address going forward? Now again, when it comes to these choices... Be mindful again, this was supposed to be last week, and one of these choices, and we'll get into it later, has already happened, in a way. So keep that in mind with this poll. I just moved this poll to this week. And the choices were as follows. The first situation was the Batances and Hayter situation. Of course, we know the last week or so, the Yankees have been rumored to be interested in the Brewers' all-star closer, Josh Hayter. And much of the league seems to think that Hayter's not going to be moved regardless, but it's being floated around as a possibility still. And of course, there's the discussion about the Yankees and what they may or may not do with Dellen Batances, since of course, he has a partial tear of his Achilles tendon, and that's definitely a big deal. Whether the Yankees will choose to bring him back or not, and who's in on him, there was word for a while that the Mets and the Phillies were in on him, and that Batances were looking for a year and $10 million. But there's no word on what the Yankees choose to do or not do with Dellen Batances as of now. 
So everything's just sort of status quo. This is the one situation that has not had anything happen in it yet. The second choice for this poll is the training staff. And of course I say that because the training staff is a big deal after 2019's massive injury count, I think it's safe to say. So these were the two choices. Now that Cole's a Yankee, which again, that is the big signing I'm sure you already knew that I was talking about. We're going to get to it later. Trust me, you're going to hear my full unfiltered opinion on it. Which do you feel is the most important aspect of the team to address going forward? The Batances and Hater situation or the training staff? Your two choices. And the winner of those two choices, 63% to 37% victory, was the Batances and Hater situation you guys said. Which is pretty funny because the aspect that was addressed first as far as this past week was actually the training staff. When the the former, now former Yankees director of strength and conditioning, Matt Krause, was actually let go. (laughs) So it's actually pretty funny. The choice that lost was the one that the Yankees ended up addressing first, it seems. But as of now, this is what won. The Batances and Hater situation choice. 63% to 37%. And as always, I want to thank you all who voted and or replied to this poll. So let's get to those replies really quick. We'll run through this before we get to the last two weeks of Yankees news. First up, we have at BobbyTats631. He says the excessive amount of injuries and reoccurring injuries last year was frustrating. Something went wrong with their program along the way. So I am guessing, Bobby, you voted for the training staff to be addressed at the time. Then we had my girlfriend at Vic Salimo. And she said, I think after the 2019 season, it's evident that our guys need a better training staff. It's not coincidental that the majority of our guys were hurt throughout the season. It's bound to happen that you can get injured, but not that much. Their bodies are not prepped right, and I blame the training staff for not conditioning the boys correctly. Well, I'm inclined to agree with that, Vic, and that's that's what I've been saying throughout time with the training staff, really. Then up next, we had at Fantasy Furnace, not saying it's their biggest problem, but their lack of lefty batters is troubling. They are stacked from the right side, but with Hicks not due back from his surgery until the All-Star break, that leaves just Voight and Ford if they bring him back. Well, I'm not exactly sure what that has to do with the Patances or Hater situation or the training staff, but as far as the Hicks situation... I suppose you lean training staff because you're talking about Hicks and how he's not coming back until the All-Star break because of his Tommy John surgery. <laughs> That's the only way I can think of that the way that has to do with this poll. And I'm also not sure if you were including Voigt in the left-handed batters category, but Luke Voigt bats righty in case you don't happen to know that. Just saying. Up next, we had at Laura underscore Icemont, my good friend Laura from Twitter. She had to say, the training staff. It's worth investigating the staff and look at how to change things going forward. The amount of injuries last season was ridiculous. That's definitely true. At Mr. Underscore Coconuts, biggest problem is we also have too many injury-prone players. Hicks, Sanchez, Paxton, Stanton, etc. And if you look at how many people got injured, half of them are guys who have never been healthy or played a full season. That's 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 not completely wrong, Adrian. That's definitely, that's, that's not wrong. That was Adrian Padilla at Mr. Underscore Coconut. So thank you for your reply, Adrian, as well as you, Laura. Then we had Tony Walker at Kerang44. The number of injuries was concerning, but I don't think you can truly blame the staff for that. I just personally rather overwhelm with talent and let the chips fall where they will. Well, that's fair, Tony. And I don't think, I mean, at least I'm not fully blaming the staff for the injuries that occurred, but... I think they should definitely at least get some of the blame. I mean, they were mentioning it before in the replies. Between the amount of injuries and just the fact they would get re-injured sometimes when trying to come back from another injury. I mean, that was preposterous. Then we had at Funky Fresh EZE. Bro, we need Darth Hader. <laughs> That's pretty good. I can appreciate the hell out of that comment. That That is really good. That might earn yourself the comment of the week now, Ethan. I did a comment of the week with my brother's friend Tegan the week before. I think we'd have to start making this a thing, the comment of the week for these polls. But I think if, the, if it were a thing, Ethan, you get it for that week. <laughs> Thank you for your reply. Then we had Tina at Mountain Gal 456 one of my best listeners. Anything to do with pitching needs to be addressed. We took care of getting our ace. Let's take care of the Batances and Hater situation. I like Batances very much, but I'm also intrigued by Hater's mysterious pitch. 
Yeah, he definitely has like a mysterious delivery to him, and he's definitely a good pitcher. He kind of choked in the wild card game, and I believe it was in the eighth or seventh inning. You definitely don't want to f- remember that that much. But regardless, definitely a very talented pitcher, and he definitely has a mysterious delivery. Then up next we had at Kenny Laurie says training staff needs to be addressed like yesterday. Last year's parade of injuries was simply ridiculous. And for guys to get new injuries while rehabbing the original injury is unacceptable. That is 100% true, and I couldn't agree more with that. Then we had at Kimberly, 1261. Injuries have gotten progressively worse over the years, with last season literally being mind-blowing. It does no good to have the top players in baseball if they can only play 20% of the time. I also could not agree more with that. That's very true. If you have all the big players, well, what's the point if they're not on the field? Then we had at Voight underscore SZN, basically short for season. I feel like the season ended and everyone stopped caring about how absolutely atrocious the training staff was last year. They were damn lucky that the team is stacked or the season's narrative would have been much different. I'm also inclined to agree with that. Then up next we had at Sat in Lorth. For a team that preaches having an immense analytical team, they should have already fired the entire medical or training staff and brought in actual top-notch people. It's fair enough. Then we had at NYSports000 wondering why I was asking for the training staff. Well, I think it's pretty fair as to why I was, and whether or not you feel like the training staff had anything to do or partially to do or everything to do with the injuries that took place in 2019, I think it's pretty fair to question the training staff, so I don't even understand wondering why I'm asking that. Then we had at official52011 underscore two, either re-sign Batances or sign Hater. Well, it's obvious which choice you chose. Address the Batances and Hater situation. Thank you for your comment. But just to be clear, they would have to trade for Hater, not sign him. Then we had at AndyNY2. On paper, the only thing that can derail this team is another plague of injuries. You can't prevent everything, but it's worth looking into better ways to get them in shape and keep them healthy. And we had at Girasol Azura. So many injuries. There must be some problem with training. Overtraining, wrong training, I have no idea. But lots of questions and worries. Well, that's the thing you have to find out, whether they were going to address it or not. And of course, we all now know that as of this week, they did address it. So again, just keep in mind that this poll was for last week originally intended. So those were the results of this poll, and those were all of the replies. As always, I want to thank you all for voting and replying and everything. Just thank you so much for always interacting with the Yapping Yankees polls. I love giving you all shout-outs and addressing what you guys have to say. As always... This podcast is for my fellow Yankee fans, and you all deserve to have your thoughts and opinions heard on this show, and that's why I'm more than happy to address your replies and give you your well-deserved shout-outs for your interaction. So thank you. As always, I would go to Instagram, but I already explained why I'm not earlier. So again, for all those on Twitter, and even though I'm not addressing Instagram, I thank you all on Instagram as well for interacting as always. So now that we're past the poll segment, of course, to wrap up the show, the last two weeks of Yankee news, there is a lot to get to. Part of it is also some news that's come out from Major League Baseball as a whole, but of course, this is a Yankees podcast, and most of it is going to surround Yankees news. And since the podcast didn't release last Sunday, this is going to be everything that's happened the last two weeks that is definitely worth talking about. So let's start things off with what happened with D.D. Gregorius. Now, of course, everything that I'm going to talk about, everybody already knows them, and everybody's really already discussed them, but it's not been addressed on this podcast, and it has to, because, you know, we missed a week, and it happens. So Gregorius is obviously with the Philadelphia Phillies now, one year, $14 million. If you've listened to prior episodes, you already know that this does not surprise me. I really did not expect for Didi to come back to the Yankees, unfortunately, just simply because the infield is way overcrowded. And that's also partially why you're hearing Andujar's name thrown around by John Heyman, you know, in rumors with them possibly using Andujar in a package for Hader, but that's a story for another discussion. But regardless, it's relevant because of the overcrowded infield, partially. You could stand to let people walk or use some in a, in a package for a trade, but the infield is overcrowded. And in an infield where you could just slide Glaber over, use DJ primarily at second, or use him at first partially if Voight or Ford have a day off, or what have you. 
The point is you have plenty of options because the infield is overcrowded. And despite how important Didi is to the Yankees, whether you value him in importance because of him being a left-handed hitter or his presence in the clubhouse and the dugout, or just because you just like him as a person, regardless of what your reason was to value him of such importance, it is tough to see him go, but I expected him to not come back. And the Yankees did, in fact, let him walk. As a matter of fact, after his press conference when he put the Phillies uniform on for the first time and the media was talking to him, he revealed that the Yankees really only called him once and that their main priority was Garrett Cole. So he really made that clear. And honestly, you can't really blame the Yankees. I mean, you probably wish they would have tried to talk to Didi a bit more, especially after what he's done for this organization. But at the same time, you have to respect and understand where their priorities were. I mean, we've all been down their throats saying, oh my God, they've got to get the big starting pitcher. They've got to do this already. Their priorities need to be straight. And if you're one of those people saying that, but then also crapping on them because they made it clear that their priority was cold, then you're just being a hypocrite. But at the same time, I understand where the Yankees were coming from as far as their priorities. And I understand where Didi's coming from. He was just being honest. And no side is wrong here, I don't think. I don't think either side is wrong. They did what they thought was best. And at some point, if Didi's only hearing from somebody once, and he even he said it, I've got to think about a place that I'm going to spend the next year of my career with. i got to think about my job and myself and where I'm going to play baseball. So I, don't, I certainly don't blame him for that, of course. you got to find somewhere to play. What, are you going to sit around and wait for a team to call you for months and months when their priorities are elsewhere and risk not even having a job? No, you got to think about yourself. And I totally respect that. But as far as all of that rhetoric on the side and, of course, the obvious feelings about it, despite me not expecting him to come back and me feeling that he's not necessarily in need anymore, I am still sad to see Didi Gregorius go. I loved Didi. And I, for one, definitely will never forget, and I've said this on prior episodes too, in addressing the fact that, you know, if he doesn't come back, I should just get this off my chest. And I'm going to repeat it now. I will never forget what Didi did for this organization. Never. He came in and filled an impossible pair of shoes in Derek Jeter. Impossible. And that should never be disrespected or underplayed or, you know, just really thrown to the side. It should never be. It was an unbelievable achievement and, and an unbelievable accomplishment. Those are impossible shoes to fill. And I'm not saying he fully filled those shoes. I'm just saying he came in and took on the mantle of the burden of taking over for Jeter. Derek Jeter. I mean, it's a big deal. How many other people could graciously come into the New York Yankees and play shortstop directly after Derek Jeter and do it as seamlessly and such a classy and talented fashion as Didi did? I mean, yeah, the Yankee fans are coming down on him hard at first because, of course, he's following up Jeter. It's a lot to expect. The expectations are high. And I I get all of that. But at the same time, look at what a great job he did. I mean, yeah, he had a very down 2019, whether you want to attribute it to him coming back too early from injury or whatever you want to attribute it to. But the fact of the matter is, I will never forget what Didi did as far as taking over for Jeter as gracefully as he did. And everything that he did while he was here. The big moments defensively. The big moments offensively. All the fun that the Yankees had with him in the clubhouse and how great of a person he is and how classy he is. He's a special guy. Didi is special. And although I did expect him to leave, and although I felt he wasn't an absolute need on this team, definitely not more of a need than a big pitcher like Garrett Cole, that doesn't mean I'm not going to miss him. And it doesn't mean I don't like him. I love Didi. And I'm going to miss him, but it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty cool that he's reunited with Girardi there in Philadelphia, and I wish the both of them luck, because I like the both of them. I like both Girardi and Didi. And who knows? Listen. This one-year contract is just that. It's a one-year deal with the Phillies. And I see it really as a prove-it type of a deal. Because the fact of the matter is, he did have a down 2019 season. So it makes sense for the Phillies to give him a sort of prove-it kind of deal. And if he is to resurge and the Yankee infield is looking different going into the 2021 season, who the hell knows? Maybe the Yankees will bring him back after this one-year contract. I mean, the Yankees have had habits of bringing people back They let Andy Pettit go and got him back. They let Adam Warren go, and they just got him back for his third stint. Aroldis Chapman was let go in a trade, and then he he came back. So the Yankees have a habit at times of bringing people back. (laughs) And who knows, Didi might be another. Only time will tell for that, but as we are right now, on December 22nd of 2019, 
Didi Gregorius is a Philadelphia Philly for 2020 at least, and I wish him the best of luck, both he and Girardi. Other big Yankee news that came out, Brett Gardner resigned a one-year $12.5 million deal, and he has a second-year option worth $10 million if it's to be taken, so we'll see if it, if it does, but the fact of the matter is, I fully agree with bringing Gardner back. I mean, in, in years prior, there were some years where I, where I would have been like, all right, I understand if the Yankees let him go, but for this past year, I think it's safe to say that the 2019 season was the best year of Brett Gardner's career, and he earned himself another year with the Yankees. Not to mention how likable he is for the simple fact of how loyal he is to the organization. Brett Gardner is a New York Yankee through and through, without a doubt. He is so loyal to this organization. He's even said it. He wants to play a few more years. Whether you agree with that or not, you have to appreciate the loyalty, and he just wants to be here. He's expressed that over and over again. He just wants to be here in New York as a Yankee. And in a world where everything is surrounded by money, and they even say it all the time, baseball's a business, sports are even a business now, loyalty comes in small doses. You don't see it very often anymore. So when you do see it in a guy like Brett Gardner, you've got to appreciate it at least a little bit. So that's how I feel about that. I feel he's definitely earned it. I'm glad to see Brett Gardner back for another year. And what we're going into with the outfield, you basically have him and Talkman, and Stanton's probably going to be DHing for most of the year, for, except for the rare occurrence he might be put in the outfield. And then you basically have Judge. Because Ellsbury's gone. Hicks is going to be out until the All-Star break, because at least, probably because of his Tommy John surgery. And they have Frazier too, but we're yet to hear about what they're going to do about that situation. So Brett Gardner, not only because of his loyalty and the fact that 2019 was his best year, but because of need as well, was a good move to bring him back. It really was a good move. So congratulations to Gardner, and I'm, I'm very glad to hear that he's back. Austin Romine, the Yankees' famous backup catcher for the last few years. He went to Detroit, $4.1 million contract to be their starting catcher. Of course, Detroit is in the middle of rebuilding. Their last couple of years have been very tough on them. And it was really obvious, especially it, these rumors even started back to last year, that Austin Romine was looking for a starting catcher job to play more consistently and looking for more money. I mean, who could blame the guy? I've, I've always thought Austin Romine was really good. I've always liked Romine. I'm a Romine guy. So as far as that, I'm very glad that he finally got his money, and I'm very glad that he finally gets his opportunity to be a starting catcher. Don't know how things are going to go there beside Miguel Cabrera, because... You know, if, if you're a Yankee fan and, and you, you watch the game with the Tigers where Austin Romine and Miguel Cabrera went at it, ugh, that's all I have to say. Who knows how those two are going to be getting along in the dugout if they... I mean, of course, I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine. They, they're on the same team. They'll have to be at least cordial with each other, I imagine. But it's just a funny thought how Romine's going to the Tigers, a team that has Miguel Cabrera on it that he really went toe-to-toe with. <laughs> so... I am very happy for him that he got his money and his starting catcher job that he desired, that we were all hearing that he desired. But I am sad to see him go because he was a solid backup and he did a lot of good things for the Yankees. I mean, I know there are a lot of people out there that seem to think that Romine was useless at times and don't really think it's that big of a loss. I, I think it's a pretty decent loss. Romine's always been there when the Yankees needed him. I thought he, he did great for the Yankees. But I am happy for him. And speaking of... The Adam Warren third stint from earlier, the Yankees did sign back Adam Warren, this time to a two-year minor league deal worth $800,000 if he pitches in the majors. And he had Tommy John surgery in September, so unfortunately he'll likely miss the entire 2020 season, so you're probably not going to see Adam Warren contribute at all in 2020. But the fact of the matter is, is I've always thought, speaking of another guy that I like, I've always thought Adam Warren was a really good pitcher. I've always thought that he was really good at long relief in the pen, and I've always thought he was very reliable for the Yankees, so I think this is a pretty good move. And again, another example of a player that returns. I believe this is his third stint with the Yankees. So Adam, welcome back. I'm glad to have you, and I wish him a speedy recovery from Tommy John surgery, of course. And also, as I said earlier with the poll, with the Yankees paying some mind to the strength and conditioning when it came to this prior season's injuries, the Yankees' now former director of strength and conditioning was fired, Matt Krause, and this was a delight to many fans and was appropriate after the hardships that had to be overcome with such an overwhelming amount of injuries in the 2019 season, in my opinion. And as a reminder to be exact, the 2019 Yankees saw 
30 guys make a total of 39 appearances on the injured list. It is obviously preposterous and possibly never to be seen again on this scale. It is believed to be the most in Major League history to begin with. So something has to be looked into at the training staff. I had the one guy ask, well, why is the training staff a a concern? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm not saying all the injuries were their fault, but at the same time, when there were as many as there were, and just the re-injuries while on the injured list in some cases, I mean, you want to tell me that they shouldn't at least look into it? I feel that this is a topic that much of the Yankees community was united on throughout the year, saying that when the offseason comes around, this has got to be something that they look into. It's just got to be. So I'm glad that they did, and clearly they took action. And we'll see if it changes anything. Hopefully it does, because... To be the Yankees in 2019 and to have as many injuries as they had and the team still managed to win 103 incredible games, that that is something that is not supposed to happen, let alone being blessed that it did happen. And it really is just credit to the Yankees organization at large, really. Especially the players, of course, too. But at large, the organization as a whole, it is really a credit to them. But how often is that going to happen? 103 wins with that many injuries and appearances on the injured list? 103 incredible wins. It's just remarkable. And of course, the big Yankee news that came out last week. (laughs) God, I, I can't tell you how happy I was about this. Garrett Cole, the new ace of the New York freaking Yankees. Nine years, $324 million with the Yankees with an opt out option after five. I, I'm speechless. I'm still speechless about this. And even though Garrett Cole was believed by many, and even to me, to a certain degree, to have the Yankees as their as his favorite, it was still just unbelievable to me, considering how long it's been since the Yankees really opened up the wallet and just gave money to a pitcher, a high-level, top-tier, top-echelon pitcher that really deserved it. it. It just left me speechless. How the news broke around midnight... And it was, I was still awake, so when I saw the news, of course, I went ballistic on Twitter, as everybody else did who was awake. I feel bad about the people that weren't awake, and they had to wake up the next day, and obviously, you react just as nice the next day, and I don't expect everybody to be up at midnight on a weeknight, but at the same time, there was nothing like experiencing it when it just happened with the people of the Yankees community. Right when it happened, it was something special. I mean, you could say what you will about the years, and to me, I'm not worried about the years because, you know, you never know with the opt-out after five what could happen. You, know, you just never know. But right now, I don't want to think about what Garrett Cole's going to be doing at 38, nine years from now. I want to think about right now. I feel the Yankees can afford this. I mean, if they couldn't afford it, I don't think they would have done it. That's my view on it. If the Yankees didn't think it was the right thing to do, and if the Yankees felt that it would really screw them financially to do it, I don't think they would have done it, but they got ownership level approvement from the Steinbrenners to give this guy a record setting deal and a record setting deal it was. And ultimately, the third time was the charm and the Yankees got their guy higher than what Strasburg had just gotten and higher than any pitching contract in major league history. And if anybody's going to get it, I think it's Garrett Cole because Garrett Cole, in my opinion, is one of the best pitchers on the planet right now. Next to the DeGroms, the Bumgarners, the Scherzers, the Verlanders, just everybody. Just next to all of those names, I don't like to say which one's best because they're all so phenomenal in their own ways. The Kershaws, everybody. But just right now, he is one of the best pitchers on the planet, and he is one of those names that's going to receive that kind of money. Now, do I think it's preposterous that any human being throwing a baseball gets that money? Regardless of how hard the game of baseball is? Yeah, $324 million, it almost made me faint. But if anybody's going to get it in baseball that's on the free agent market and you know how rare it is that a name like Garrett Cole's on the market, that's that's also why it was so important for the steal to go down for the Yankees. If you're going to expect anybody to get it, you're going to expect him to get it. So that's that. But my God, I, I, I didn't even know what to say. I was at a loss for words when it happened that night. And good on the Yankees for getting it done. And I'm glad Garrett Cole is here. This rotation was now just elevated tenfold. You have Garrett Cole. You have Luis Severino. You have James Paxton. You have Masahiro Tanaka. 
And depending on what happens going down the road, I guess the fifth spot depends because I don't know if, they, if they're if they not to get rid of Hap, what they plan on doing with him, putting him back in the bullpen for long relief, or giving him another shot at the five spot in the rotation. I'm not sure. But the fact of the matter is, you do know they're trying to dump Hap to clear salary. Of course, it's the right thing to do. But also, depending on what happens with Herman, you have him, and you also have Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery, I feel, is the one who deserves to get a shot at the five spot. I've always been a Jordan Montgomery guy, and I feel he'd be a solid five. But as of right now, regardless of what happens with the five spot, the one through four is devastating, in my opinion. Cole being there just changes everything. It changes everything. This Yankee team now, I feel, has little to no flaws. I mean, depending on what they do with Patances or Josh Hader or what happens with that, whether Hader comes or not, no matter what happens with Patances, I still feel you have a pretty dominant bullpen. You have a dominant offense. And now you have a dominant starting rotation if you're the Yankees. Everything has changed. It's fantastic. 2020 World Series, baby. It's got to come. It's got to happen. But what a signing. And I just couldn't believe it when he was at the podium a few days ago, putting on the jersey for the first time, seeing him clean-shaven. I thought he looked fine. Me personally, I'm just, I'm more of a fan of, of the clean look. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't have a problem with people with beards. I, it's just personal preference as far as playing with the Yankees, and I admire the tradition and the uniqueness of having the players just clean-shaven. I just admire it. I admire the tradition. Whether you agree with me or not, or whether you think it's a stupid tradition or what, I've always admired it, and I think it should continue forever. That's just how I feel. But just seeing Garrett Cole up there was so surreal and so wonderful. I, I didn't even really know what to think. I was like, Garrett Cole is a Yankee. And that's really what just everybody else has been reminding each other of in disbelief as well. Just Garrett Cole is a Yankee. (laughs) Right now, I'm not caring about the money. And I'm not really caring about the years at the moment. It's good to look down the line with certain things. But at the same time, you ever hear that expression, cross that bridge when we get to it? It's important to balance that to a certain degree, you know? It's good to look into the future. I look into the future a lot of the time in my life, personally. As a matter of fact, I think about the future probably more than I should. So I might sound like a hypocrite, but to a certain degree, I also do agree with the fact, and I try to do this each and every day of my life, try to live in the moment. Just cross that bridge when you get to it. Right now, Garrett Cole's a Yankee, and the Yankees are in win-now mode and want to win this damn thing in 2020. That's what you should be thinking about. Garrett Cole's a Yankee. Nine years 324 million, a sick amount of money in years, yes, and a record-breaking contract, yes, but Cole is a Yankee. We got what many of us were asking for. I would say the vast majority of us were asking for, but thought it was too good to be true. Guess what? Now it's true. We are living in reality. And this would have been a big thing last week if I recorded, and this is somewhat old news by now, but again, news from the last two weeks, and this was a monster report and a monstrous signing going down. And one of the signings that happened at the winter meetings as well, which this year's winter meetings, I'm so glad that they had to bounce back the last few years of the winter meetings, of course, have been pretty slow, especially last year, to say the least. And people, some people are always talking badly about the winter meetings. I personally love it. Even when no deals happen to go down, I always just love the excitement and the possibility of deals going down and the rumblings and the rumors. I, I, I love that stuff. I try to ignore as many of the fake reports as possible and, and people just trying to annoy others about them. I really don't get involved in that crap. I just love the excitement surrounded around it. And it makes it even better when deals go down, of course. And this year, a lot of deals went down other than just Garrett Cole at the 2019 winter meetings. And it was a lot of fun. So very exciting winter meetings. Garrett Cole probably headlining it all. And it was just phenomenal. Absolutely great. And just a couple of more topics having to do with Major League Baseball as a whole, you know, that were discussed amongst the baseball community at large throughout the last two weeks. The three batter minimum has been being talked about a lot again lately. And you know how I feel about that and the rest of the pace of game, the shortening the game rules that have come or yet to come. And also just news of the minor leagues apparently of Rob Manford wanting to get rid of the minor leagues, and I just don't think that's a good idea at all. I know it has to do with just the money, because what the hell in this world doesn't have to do with money? But 
honestly, I just I just think it wouldn't do good for the communities that are around. And I know that a counter argument of many is that, oh, well, so many communities, you look at the minor league ballparks, they're completely empty and this and that. But for many also, having teams there, for some places around the country, the minor league ballparks and the minor league teams are all they have locally. And whether or not they attend the games, it is important to them. But I also get that it's a business and it's about the money. Again, what the hell isn't about money in this world? Nothing, which is really sad, but that's the way that it is. But I just, I just think it really wouldn't do good for a lot of communities around the country. I think the minor leagues should stick around. It's a really good metric for measuring young talent as well. I just think it would be a real mistake getting rid of them. I really, really do. And that has to do with the rest of Major League Baseball, the, with the pace of game rules as well and the three batter minimum. You know I've come out and disagreed with them. I just personally think it takes away strategy to a certain degree. And there are other ways to go about it, I feel. Whether it comes to how much time batters take in between pitches or how much time pitchers take in between pitches. And I know many people want to counter with, oh, it's just a mental thing. They have to take a break in between each pitch and everything. But some batters, with how they take strolls around the plate, they take extended amount of times out of the box and this and that. Believe it or not... If you took time out of that, you would save significant time in a game. If just pitch is thrown, fine, a few seconds, just get back into it, ready for the next pitch. You wouldn't believe how much time would be saved just doing that. But no, you got to do this three batter minimum thing and the clock winding down and limited mound visits and this and that. And I don't know, it's just, it's just a mess, I feel. And I just disagree with shortening the game overall because I still feel that there are plenty of fans around the country and myself included, maybe I'm just blind to this because I love baseball so damn much. You can accuse me of that. I really don't care what you have to say about me. But honestly, there are so many fans around the country that love the game as it was or still as it is. And I don't want it to change at all. I love the length of baseball games and how there are slow times and fast times. It's just a part of the game. It's a part of the pastime. And I just appreciate it. I just do. And I hate how it's constantly trying to be changed. I really do, whether it be because of the owners of baseball or Rob Manfred himself or who the hell ever. I just don't like it. And all of it, at the core of it, is about the money. Because again, everything is about money. And it drives me nuts because that changes everything. It changes the way people think. It changes their actions about the way they want to do things or not want to do things because they're not making enough profit. It's just everything is about money. That's what it's all about. It's just the substance in life. So much substance in life is just eliminated with the constant concern of the dollar bills, the money. Cha-ching. That's all that matters. It's all that matters. And sometimes it's enough to make you sick. And that's what a lot of this crap comes from from Major League Baseball. And I just feel that it's all ruining the game. As someone who's loved baseball for over 10 years, about half my life now, over 10 years, well over. I've loved baseball, again, I explained it to you a couple episodes ago when I was taking questions from you guys and one of you asked me, how'd you become a baseball fan? When did you blah, blah, blah? 2007, which is coming up on 13 years. I'm going to be 23 in less than a month. On January 3rd, I turned 23. It's uh, for more than half my life now, about half my life, more or less, I have loved baseball as it was and as it is, and I just love the sport. I love the roots of the game. I love baseball. It's my heart, my number one, always, then, now, and forever, always. And it's just ruining the game. All this crap, the pace of game, the three batter minimum, the mound visits, the clocks, and now threatening to get rid of the minor leagues and just doing anything possible to just make more money. That's all it is. It's really disappointing. And speaking of people ruining and shaming the game of baseball, the Astros admitted to cheating. (laughs) Just wanted to put that out there because, of course, we all know that they are shameful embarrassments that tarnish this game pretty good, put a really good black eye on the face of baseball after what they did, and I will not tolerate hearing defense on what they did because it was just a disgusting thing to do. And I'm still just here waiting for their punishment. I'm not putting a rush on things, of course. I know Major League Baseball is just continuing to do their investigation as thoroughly as possible and as faithfully as possible. I definitely get that. 
and they want to find out everything that they can and deliver the most severe punishment that they possibly can upon all the evidence that they come across, and I could not respect that more. Truly could not. But I'm just sitting here waiting for the punishment that they so deserve. And just wanted to put that out there, that the news did come out, that they did admit the cheating, and I felt it should be addressed. And also, it was just released a day or two ago, just a little piece of news, that Major League Baseball and the Umpires Association agreed to a tentative labor agreement through the 2024 season. And according to MLBTradeRumors.com, the umpires agreed to cooperate with the league in the continued testing and development of the automated testing of the automated balls and strikes. Of course, the Umpires Association, they are also agreeing to assist in this process if Commissioner Manfred decides to use the system at the Major League level. But as of last season, we have seen these computerized strike zones and lower levels of baseball, and who knows, one day it might make its way to Major League Baseball. And especially if these umpires continue on the trend that they're on, which is, of course, not a good trend because the amount of mistakes they make is just downright remarkable. But we'll just have to wait and see as far as what will happen with this. But... As long as umpires are willing to cooperate with this and Major League Baseball is not completely turning a blind eye to umpires' problems, I'm okay with it. If they continue to deny that umpires are an issue, then that's just a whole other issue altogether because the umpires are a big problem. They they pose a big problem. Some of the calls they make, you would think a five-year-old can make better than them. It's, it's incredible. So hopefully that just has the best outcome possible. But as of now, that really is all the major, major news that has come out. Some in Major League Baseball, and mostly, of course, since this is the Yapping Yankees podcast, in Yankees news as well, mostly. Big, big reports. Some earth-shattering, some not as earth-shattering. But regardless, very, very exciting nonetheless. A jam-packed two weeks of excitement for the New York Yankees. Lots has happened. And I'm glad I finally got to run through all of it with you. We will steer back on course as far as really being up to date, of course, next week for episode 27 on December 29th. But for now, as for episode 26 here on December 22nd, that is all there is to discuss. And I would like to thank you so much, as always, for listening. One last shout out to Team Left Jab. As always, they feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts, whether it be on Apple, on Spotify, on Blog Talk Radio, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And while you're at it, don't forget to follow me, Mike Scudero on all social media platforms as well. You can find my Facebook fan page by going to at Mike Scudero NY. And be sure to definitely follow me on Twitter, which is the social media platform that many of you know I am so disgustingly active on, at Mike Scudero. And also be sure to follow me on Instagram at MikeScuds97. So with that said, once again, thank you 3,000 for listening, and I'd like to tip my cap to all of you, as always, who interact and vote and reply on any and all Yapping Yankees material, whether it be on comments about it on the main polls each week. I would like to thank you all for constantly interacting, and of course, just for listening in general and supporting the podcast. You have no idea how much it means to me. I am so appreciative of it each and every week, but for now... Thank you again, 3,000, for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, December 29th, when I come at you with episode 27 of Yapping Yankees, which will also obviously be the final episode of 2019 before we reign in 2020. But until then, guys, stay warm, have a very Merry Christmas or a Happy Holiday for whatever it is you may or may not celebrate, and have yourselves a great week. Take care. Take care.